All right, it appears we are on the air. Sesh, are you ready? Indeed. Maria, are you ready? That's correct. Well then, it's time to go. In five, four, three, two, Hello, all you spry tubers, twitchers, and pod people out there. Welcome to the Could You Do It Better podcast, where filmmaker, gamer extraordinaire, and the behind-the-scenes awesomeness known as Sesh, and the writing and directing sensation known as Maria, discuss popular television shows and movies and answer the always controversial question of, could you do it better? Today, we will be discussing Episode 9 of Season 1 of Ryan Condal's House of the Dragon television series based upon George R. R. Martin's novel, Fire and Blood. And as for me, I'm Jonathan the Intern, and unlike our two experts, have no industry experience whatsoever. In other words, I'm much like Lord Beesbury, dithering on ad nauseum about topics nobody wants to hear about, getting my head bashed in on tables by security, and constantly told to... Shut up! And now, to <laughs> Sash and Maria. Woo! <laughs> Hi! Alright, welcome! Look at that, we are on episode 9! Only one more until the finale, can you guys believe that? It's pretty shocking. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I did not, not expect that uh that that dead dead dry humor right there. We're ready to go. We got the energy for you guys, all you viewers out there. And uh you know, it was a fun episode to recap. So uh spoiler warning. Uh in this episode, we will be doing a detailed recap of episode nine of the House of the Dragon TV series that will contain spoilers throughout. So if you haven't watched this episode and don't want to hear spoilers before you do, please feel free to put us on mute as you watch the episode, then re-watch our shows afterwards, because that's how you double those view counts. And now, on to the recap, as mandated by our legal department. We open on King's Landing in the dark following a kid who apparently saw something. To the small council, where we learned that all along they were plotting to overthrow the line of succession and install Aegon as king over Rhaenyra. Alicent is somehow surprised by this, likely because she too was confused by the time skips. <laughs> Lord Peasbury, certified public accountant of the realm, calls this treason and will not stand for it. And Kristen Cole plays Kool-Aid man with his head through the table, thereby allowing him to die sitting down per his request. <laughs> <laughs> the Hand calls for the Lord Commander to kill Rhaenyra and Daemon to avoid conflict. But Sir Westerling says, Nay, you are not King Lord Hand. All the while, Alison stares with goldfish face. <laughs> Cue the driving orchestral music. The Hand is plotting something. But what? <laughs> he asks Sir Eric the confused and incompetent to play Where's Waldo with Aegon who has gone missing. Meanwhile, all the servants are rounded up and jailed in the Red Keep, and Rhaenys is locked in her chamber. Elson flirts with Cole to get him to find Aegon first, because I guess she uses her feminine wiles now? That's new. 
<laughs> the hand rounds up the available lords and ladies to pledge their fealty to Aegon and arrest those who don't. But back to Sir Eric, traipsing upon Aegon's typical jaunts like Underworld Child Fight Club, populated by his own bastards. What a swell guy. Over to Aemon, who tells Cole he has first son birthright envy, and he should be king. Dude, you're like 30 seconds in line of succession. Cal calm it down a little. Cut to the king. Viserys getting the royal mummy rap treatment one final time. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> He's dead though, right? <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. We don't know. Allison cries on him, then goes to Rhaenys asking for her support in usurping Rhaenyras' claim to the throne, whispering to her words of peace and love and harmony, which is so out of place for her character, I can only assume that these lines of dialogue were written for Viserys, but his living corpse hadn't made it up the stairs to Rhaenys' chamber yet, so someone had to fill in. Rhaenys somehow buys all this. Well, that or she realizes she's trapped in a well-guarded tower and her dragon has been stolen. To the hand, talking to Damon's ex-mistress, the White Worm, who exchanges the whereabouts of Aegon for a bag of gold, an end to child cockfighting, and a promise to remember her. <laughs> I'd rather not have the hand think of me, but hey, I have a brain. Onwards to Aegon, hiding tweaked out in a sect stating he has no desire to rule, followed by an utterly confusing sword fight between Sir Eric and Kristen. Kristen wins as Aegon tells Aemon to let him sail away. Over to Allison, who now, after 15 years, is somehow in a tizzy about her dad's machinations and tells him she doesn't appreciate him controlling her life anymore, and she can make her own decisions now that she's found Aegon. So she makes that independent decision to do everything that her father, the Hand, was going to do. Except tell Rainer to bend the knee to her, but never return instead of straight up killing her. Okay, then. Now to awkward conversations between Laris and Alicent. Laris tells her her handmaiden is spying on her, but won't say more until Alicent plays bare footsies with the table. Laris offers to kill this spy network, and Allison offers her feet for pleasure as payment. What a show this is. <laughs> Cuts to everyone pondering. Sir Eric breaks in on this moment of thought silence to try getting Rhaenys out of the city because he no longer wants to be part of the treachery. Over to the royal carriage, where Elson confirms that the best way to deal with a teen Aegon gone emo is to give him a very sharp knife. <laughs> now to the coronation ceremony. The trumpets, the music, the choreography. What pomp and circumstance. I can't believe Raina snuck away to miss this. Aegon's sword pumps like a champ to a cheering crowd. Everyone is thrilled. Suddenly, Godzilla explodes through the floor. Rainus enters the dragon. Are you not entertained? Time to light everyone on fire! Let's end this show right here! Primal scream from the dragon as he suffers performance anxiety and can't get the fire stoked and instead runs off in embarrassment and shame. End episode. Oh my gosh. Yep. Well, yep. Yep. 
This episode is sponsored by The Beast Beneath Stone Flooring Company. Fed up with weak floors anyone can burst through during your most important parties? Our floors protect from dragon damage, are worm and spider proof, and never yield to a hard manipulative hand. With our patented masonry, we keep your feet firm and clean or your money back. That's The Beast Beneath Stone Flooring Company, where our floors stay grounded. <laughs> thank you, Maria. Thank you. Thank you. Sponsorship. Wonderful sponsorship. I'm very glad we have this sponsorship. Yes, yes. The Beast Beneath Stone Flooring Company paid a little bit extra such that one of the actual hosts would deliver the lines instead of the intern. <laughs> and as always, thank you, Legal, for that. So, Maria, you want to kick us off today? Sure. So our first question of the night is, is the hand a smart strategic planner? If you were in his shoes, what would you have done? Um, Sesh, you want to start? Oh boy. Um, he is not strategic at all. Um, and he is not detail oriented. There's so much he should have been doing and could have been doing differently. I've not seen one iota of strategy from him other than completely relying on being lucky to have a pretty and dutiful daughter. He would have been even better off in life and these false flag goals of his if he was spending his time trying to convince all these other sexist houses that Ray Ray would actually be a good ruler. But instead, he positions his own daughter and family to be in the number one spot to be in the crossfire of the impeding war of who will rule. Yeah, not so smart. Um, I can understand if he truly and if he was truly and utterly convinced that Ray um, will not be accepted. But he could have been playing both sides and gain her trust too. Like just in case she wasn't accepted, maybe that might have been a good idea. No reason not to. That he just made enemies and burned bridges. Like he's so plainly stupid with his confidence. I I have to wonder. Um, does he not know about the dragons at all. <laughs> like he's been, so he's been planning to kill Ray Ray, likely for years now. But uh, uh, at this point, um, but he only chooses to set any of those things in motion after the king is dead, when there's going to be an active dispute over the throne. Why not try to assassinate Ray years earlier if he really was this against her? Hmm. Damon was able to get away with a tragic accident, and we sure as shit know there's at least two creepers in the court who will find ways to make other accidents and acts of violence happen as needed. Uh, so, I mean, and these people are indirectly on his side, too. Like, it's not like he's acting alone. I hmm. At this point with him, I just hope with him, <laughs> when he and or Allison are dying, he knows he's completely in the fault and he did this to himself and her by his own actions. Yeah, those are really good points. What do you think, Jonathan? Well, you know, I, I'm going in a slightly different direction because I'd say, yes, he's a strategic planner, 
But smart? Absolutely <laughs> not. No, no. In fact, he probably deserves a rousing round of applause and a spot in a medical journal for being able to be so highly focused on strategic planning with so few with so few brain cells to do it, just like intern. I mean, Otto is about as straightforward, transparent, and tactless as it comes to making underhanded plans that are just so obvious that the only reason they were tolerated is because the king just didn't have the will or desire to do any kingly duties. And even then, Otto still managed to get himself fired by the king for committing treason. Any other king in the history of existence <laughs> would have had him locked up or executed. And it wasn't his wit that kept him from the executioner block. No, no, no. It was that the king was as Aww. incompetent as it comes. I'm sorry, King Viserys. I know I shouldn't speak Aww. bad of you at your funeral. <laughs> if it's your funeral, we're still not sure. If, if, if I... Yeah, he might be. He might be back next episode. I'm just preparing you all for this. If I understand... Otto's plan correctly, and I will spell this out for everybody. <laughs> it was, one, to install his daughter as queen by having her do her best nerd seduction tactic. Two, make sure she gets pregnant such that her son could usurp the line of succession after the king died, not by force, which is three, but by not informing the rightful heir and instead holding a public coronation ceremony. That's it. That's the plan. I mean, he didn't, as, as Sesh said, he didn't even work out the killing of Rhaenyra and Damon issue ahead of time. Like, what is he doing? Just kill those people. You have no problems anymore. And, and it's not like the guards know where anybody is. We've established this multiple times, this episode included. Heck, he could have just walked into Rainier's room, killed her, walked out, and then like, I don't know, 24 hours later, somebody would ask the guard, hey, where's Rainier who you're protecting? And, uh, you know, Sir Eric or Eric uh, would be like, oh, I don't know. And Kristen Cole is like, that's not my job to protect people, man. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not that hard. And, and I mean, on top of that, he has no plan for keeping his grandson on the throne. None. Yeah. Nor strengthening the claim to the throne. Nope, didn't bring that up. Or keeping the empire from descending into all-out war. I mean, this guy is an absolute <laughs> moron and has likely signed everyone's death warrant. And... If it wasn't that the king was like, well, you know, he's a guy, he's just doing his job here. <laughs> I just, oh, I do not, I do not get it. But yeah, he's he's super strategic, just just really, really dumb. Yeah, you know, I mean, for me, you know, throughout the years, the hand has slowly gained alliances and forged secret plans to place Aegon on the throne without bothering to prepare Aegon, because I assume his goal is to rule himself with Aegon as his puppet figurehead. His answer for anyone not liking his plan is either killing or arresting them, which puts his initial alliances in jeopardy, in my mind. If you make an alliance with one house and then arrest another, the first house may not take kindly to that, 
for a few reasons. What if those houses rentalize or they feel threatened by the heavy-handed utilitarian treatment of other people similar to them in power structure? So the hand only seems to think as far as his arm, but not look at the whole body of the kingdom. If, thank you. If I were the hand and really wanted to be on the Iron Throne vicariously through Aegon, I would work on setting up Aegon as an appealing option as king in the minds of the people over years. Uh, have that kid do volunteer work, create a campaign around the leadership and likability of Aegon, even if he had to make it up in rumors. Then, when the king passes, show Aegon giving speeches about the goodness of his father and how he believes in a peaceful, positive future. You know, If the masses already like him or think they like him, wooing the allegiances of the houses will be easier because no one has seen Rhaenyra in years anyway. The ones that still remain loyal to her won't pose as big of a threat because they are legions of people rooting for Aegon. The way the hand is handling things now, he is just creating a ton of webs that will choke him in the end because he has no way of knowing the fallout of all the ridiculous and ruthless actions he is taking. He has a taste of it now with trying to imprison Rhaenys and getting dragon breath in his face. Uh, he doesn't even have his own daughter as an ally because he thinks he's smarter than everybody. Yeah, I, I like that idea. You know, take Aiken doing some volunteer work, like making the child fighting rings more sanitary. Yeah! You know? <laughs> he could have just literally been his grandpa because he was his actual grandpa. Yeah. Like, yeah. did they ever interact? No. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. Yeah, I don't. Did he ever even meet him? Like, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> oh my gosh, this guy! He's at, gonna be clapping when he's dead. <laughs> so, our next question of the night is: What do you think of Allison's attempt at convincing the Lady of Driftmark to join her side? I'll start off with this one. I mean, she had to have known that wouldn't have gone well. You can't trap somebody in a room and then pander to how they should be queen. <laughs> to be fair, Alicent is in a rough, is in, she's in a tough spot. She's just now realizing her dad is a manipulator and her whole life has been a farce. Her dad gaslights her, telling her she shouldn't complain because she's queen of the world while she has no say in anything. I honestly don't know what she could have said to Rainus instead. Maybe something like, I know this looks bad. But it's for your own safety, your brother passed, things are in chaos. Maybe a good start. I'm not sure. I, I did think Rainus's response was interesting, though, and showed more awareness of Allison's situation than Allison has herself. She sees how much of a pawn she is and tries to leave the seat in Allison that she should take her own power back and start making her own decisions instead of serving any man around her hand and <clears throat> foot. Oh, mm, mm. <laughs> that might come <laughs> into play later this episode. <laughs> Jonathan, you go. <laughs> you know, all my people out there, I found in my life that the best way to convince someone of influence who you've never talked to before to join your cause is to imprison them in a room aggressively give them compliments like, you're such a fracking queen, I'm gonna wear your skin as a suit. Then tell them to join you or die because you believe in peace, love, and <laughs> harmony. And then give them the night in their cell to think on it. Yeah, that's the ticket. No, no, of course not. 
There should be no chance whatsoever of this working. And if anything, it would take someone in like the wild card category. Um, you're like, well, we know she's not really happy with Rhaenyra and Damon, so, you know, she's up for grabs, maybe. And it would put her firmly into the enemy camp. I mean, what Alison should have done is gotten someone like Laris or the Hand to forge a handwritten letter from the king saying he wishes Aegon to be the heir to the throne with the king's signature and royal seal. Then you go ahead and weekend at Bernie's the king's body to a desk, <laughs> ensuring no loose limbs oh fall gosh. off, making it seem like he spent his last ounce of energy <laughs> making that declaration his deathbed wish. Then, this is important, make sure someone else finds the king deceased and open up the small council, including Rainus, to read his sealed, quote unquote, last will and testament passing it around to give it more legitimacy and make it seem you are not involved whatsoever. Then you ask everyone in the room if they believe this last declaration by the king be valid and accepted. And once they say yes, which they will because you've already planned that ahead of time, you ask Rainus how Rhaenyra should be informed of the change to make sure this change in succession goes civilly. That way, you can avoid all this talk about usurping the throne and treason and worrying about who is or is not on board as you can get people to your side through a simple, legitimized <laughs> forgery. And I mean, heck, even Rhaenyra would probably believe it to be true based on what she told her dad that for the sake of the kingdom, he should make Aegon heir to the throne. She said this. The point is... <laughs> work smarter behind the scenes, not aggressively in full visibility of everyone. You make far less enemies and have to jail and kill a lot less people that way. But hey, I'm not the hand. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the weekend at Bernie's visual there. <laughs> just dragging him. Over. I want to be the final episode just weekend at Bernie's with him. <laughs> <laughs> Until he says something. And then you're like, wait, what? You're alive? I have no idea. What would he say? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, gosh. Too much. <laughs> All right. Oh gosh, what was the question again? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, yes. Uh, what, Zesh, what do you think of Allison's attempt at convincing the Lady of Driftmark to join her side? Uh-oh. I think we lost. I guess it was okay. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes you are going uh, in and out. Okay. Sweet. That's, thank you, internet. Um... Oh, we might have lost her for good this her time. Her in the throne beast? Oh, no. All right. What should we do? Well, uh, we've sort of lost Sesh a little there. bit here. And uh, I hear you guys. Can you hear me? Oh, now we hear you. Now we hear you. All right, go for it, Sesh. Okay. 
<laughs> technical difficulties over. Uh, let's see. So yeah, Allison convincing the late in her side. I guess it was okay to compliment her and the throne being stolen from her, you know, with the whole down with the patriarchy stuff, sort of, <laughs> uh, even though that's literally what they're living through right now. Um, but if anything, it sparked her encouraging Allison to just take the throne herself <laughs> and screw the patriarchy for real. Uh, Ramus has just been one of the most consistent and best characters of the series for me. Uh, she's not about to get tangled up or confused by anyone's manipulations or even genuine begging for help without knowing where she still stands with people. She also always says it how it is. Um, she's the only person in this whole show I would call wise. Uh, not somebody Allison is going to convince of anything, basically. <laughs> Especially when she doesn't even have any good argument or bargaining to go along with it. Like She should have just begged her to stay out of everything, but she didn't exactly guarantee her safety either. Like Allison absolutely has never even considered what she would have had to say at this point in time to Rainus, despite the years of this conversation needing to happen. Like it just didn't happen until there's an emergency. It's so little forethought. She's so doomed. Long live Driftwood. <laughs> so, on to our next question. What are your thoughts on House of the Dragon bringing back Damon's mistress as the White Worm? Jonathan, you want to start us off? Yeah, I, I think my main problem with bringing her back for this is that it's been over 10 years since we've seen her, and there's been no character development there. So, again, we don't know what her motivation is. I'd assume since they brought her back, it must be of importance that she's the White Worm. So does that mean that she's a plant for Damon to spy on the house and misdirect the hand? But if so, what's even the point of that as he seems as a character to have so little to no interest in that? Or I don't know, is she a spring lover who wants to get back at him? And what's even the point of her asking to put an end to the child fighting rings in exchange for Aegon when she knows his bastard brood make up the combatants? <laughs> because if it's anything other than a long-term plan to muddy the line of succession waters by springing a whole ton of royal bastards claiming legitimacy to the throne just to watch everything burn, I, I just don't get it. I mean... She simply could have traded Aegon for a favor to be named later, and that would have worked just as well. I'm, I'm not sure what exactly she was going for here. Yeah, I mean, I know they showed her briefly in the previous episode, but it wasn't enough for the buildup to make sense. I, I would like to have seen her working with people and fighting against injustices, even in little snippets to lead up to this especially Aegon's involvement in the creepy child fights, would have been good to help build up uh, their connection to each other and Aegon's cruel streak. It was weird. Uh, what do you think, Sash? Uh, pointless. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, it really felt like it was. I mean, okay, somebody Damon wronged as well like, to screw around and profit off of the royal family. I'm shocked. Uh, th this might you know, th this might matter for lines of succession, like you said, and all the bastards Aegon has been having. But even with that, anyone could have been uh, the informant. 
any dirt on Aegon could have been info brokered from anyone to anyone. I don't really see this leading to anything other than potentially an aha or a gotcha moment eventually with just Damon because I think he's the only one that even might remember her. So again, <laughs> probably pointless. Yeah, and, and to the spur and lover thing, I don't think so. She seemed to have dumped him. She's just like, you're weird. I don't like being played as a pawn. Bye. Oh. The last time yep. I saw them together. Oh, that that's what was going on? That's what it seemed to me like, yeah. Because oh, wow. yeah. he's like, he's like I making that. Yeah, I don't know. So our next question is, does Aegon's character development track? I'm going to start us off. I don't know how a person can be completely lazy and ambivalent on one hand and then a raging rapist and child fighter on the other. I mean, the two just don't mesh well for me. Then, and then after that, try to make him suddenly show he cares about what his dad thought of him all these years. I think they should have started with his frustration with his father as a little boy, not caring about him. Then showing his listlessness shift to burning rage as his frustrations with his father and mother grow. Then that rage turning into outright cruelty. That way, the building of his character and why he behaves the, the way he does tracks. I don't think he can be sleeping in high all the time and simultaneously running child fight rings and raping everyone in sight. It just, that doesn't make sense. Man, but that, but that would entail, <laughs> that would entail character development, oh Maria. I mean, you can't have that in this show. Yeah, that's like a step-by-step -step process. Yeah. And also, there was his grandpa. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, yeah. not not at all. That's true, he, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I, I mean, this, this change in character makes absolutely no sense and tells me that either the writers, directors, or, or showrunners, or all three paid absolutely no attention to Aegon's character sheet or how he was written in prior episodes. The only thing we knew about Aegon before this episode is that he is an entitled, maniacal serial rapist who has a mommy enabler who cleans up his messes and keeps telling him he's going to be king. We have seen no burden of possible leadership, daddy issues, or unassuredness whatsoever from him, even as late as, oh, I don't know, last episode. And even in this episode, we find out he rapes women for fun so he can have his bastard children fight each other in a human cockfighting ring. No, this, this, this is not a normal progression. <laughs> this was simply a director deciding she wanted a conflicted character, despite there being no rational way to make a sick, disgusting, depraved character be anything other than a character written as one-dimensional as they come. I mean, can you imagine Joffrey or Ramsay hiding in a sept and kicking and screaming at the thought of having to rule or lead in a random episode of Game of Thrones? And I do mean random episode in Game of Thrones. This is no different. And it just makes so very little sense. This is this is basically being like, oh, you know, we need something to make this character seem interesting to people. So let's let's pretend he has a conflict. I, I mean, it, no, it makes no sense. Zero, none, nunca. <laughs> what do you think, Sash? I mean, I guess I thought maybe he thinks he can't still do all this stuff as king. That would be the only reason. But, I mean, honestly, like, for most of it, for Aegon, I mean, for him being, does it track? 
it does for him being an annoying little shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't really get why he's like this, though. Um, like, even with the explanations. Like, Allison seems like an alright loving mom uh, who has been aware of all of her kids' issues their whole uh, their whole lives. Uh, I would think her kids should have all been a little bit more normal, considering uh, uh, most of the Targaryens are inbred, uh, but these ones aren't. Um, but hers are all a little messed up in the head anyways. <laughs> um, this king was kind of aloof, but um, not the worst king dad we've seen. Um, I suspect he actually paid more attention to his children than like Robert Baratheon. And Allison is at best an accidental whoopsie Cersei. Um, and, you know, uh, and uh, with their raising uh Joffrey, he did turn into a little monster, but that made sense. Like, I don't get why Aegon is a bratty psychopath. I thought after them showing him jerking off into the townspeople <laughs> and being slapped around that there was a chance he was going to step up and get his stuff together and grow into adulthood. But, like, he regressed and also turned into a monster at the same time. Like, even with a this speck of humanity randomly thrown in now it's eh. yeah not done well <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now for uh, my favorite question of this evening should Rainus have lit everyone on fire absolutely <laughs> burn them all I mean need I remind everyone these people not only are committing treason and usurping the crown, but they also imprisoned and threatened her. Hell, what she should have done after scorching them is sat down on the throne, then had the guards usher everyone back in the coronation hall, thanking them for attending her coronation. I'm Rhaegon the Conqueror, biatches, because I'm twice the ruler Rhaegon and Rhaenyra are. Now all hail the queen, baby. And just end it right there. We're good. Happy episode. I would have loved good that. Good night. Yeah. yeah, she's she's played by Bruce Campbell oh, in, this, okay, in this episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sesh, what do you think? Uh, yes. Do it. Dracarys, say it. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I wanted her to. Um, I guess it would have been a shame from Rainus's perspective as a murdering a whole family takes a certain type of person that I think she could be, but doesn't want to be yet. But it's more of a shame that things came to that. Like, obviously, the dragon writers are all going to show their force. If not now, then like, it's unavoidable at this point. I, I think there might be a chance Rainus stays out of things and just holds down Driftmark or Driftwood. Um, instead of being willing to fight for anyone at this point. Uh, big picture-wise, yeah, it seems like it would have been better just, you know, Nix's family right there. Um, but it may not have actually saved a lot of people anyways, since Restros is sexist and wouldn't accept her, Ray Ray, and probably not even Damon as a ruler. So it's possible other leaders will still be going to war to challenge theirs anyways. It's like headaches no matter what she does, but... Yeah, I think she probably should have done it because it's 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 pretty gnarly right now with what what they they've done, and I I don't know. She probably knew it was coming, so 
<laughs> she just was ready to leave it at that. Yeah, you know, I agree with both of you guys. Yes, she already killed hundreds of people by climbing through the floor. What's a yep. few more? <laughs> I mean, all she knows, they are going to kill a bunch of people to try to keep their power. So really, she is saving lives, I think. I mean, I can see that she has a moral code and such. So she should have, you know, asked the people she didn't want to kill to kindly step aside while she lit the rest on fire. All classy-like. I mean, she didn't, she did weaken their position with their people because if they couldn't keep the citizens safe at the coronation, how are they going to do it in times of war and the like? So, I mean, that's something, but ah, disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I just realized that they didn't do the coronation at the dragon pit because she said that's where they were keeping the dragon. And then she flew out from under the floor. Yes. But I thought the dragon pit didn't look like that. That's a really good question. I don't know. Maybe well, she, she ran around a corner and then like went downstairs. So I just assumed it was some weird downstairs area. So maybe there's more than one entrance. The dragon's got to get in somewhere. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe one of our listeners can 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 answer that question for me. I I was just thinking. I'm like, wait a second. I don't think that makes much sense, but. You know, maybe that dragon fit through that vast network of tunnels underneath the city. <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah. 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 Just actually hold the dragon in. Like, what's the point of that pit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suck that stomach in, dragon. You can, you can do it. Make it happen. All right. Our uh, our last our bonus showrunner question of the night is. Ryan Condal says that the reasoning for Rainus not setting the roof on fire was because she didn't want to do that to another mom. Did that play out to you? Jonathan, why don't you start us off? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I bet, I bet when she exploded through the floor of the coronation hall, she made sure to ask everyone <laughs> on it whether they were a mother or not, and then politely <laughs> asked them to move aside. <laughs> And, and really, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure she she asked those questions at that time. We just missed it. We missed it. It was that's why she was in the crowd originally. Right. You know, she needed to know exactly where to bring that dragon up so none of the mothers could get her. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, all right, Ryan Condal. Let let's let's talk. <laughs> viewer to showrunner here so you're saying she's not going to kill the woman who imprisoned threatened to kill her and stole her dragon simply because the woman's a mom give me a break it makes far more sense to Raynus's character that she didn't do it because she has an actual moral and ethical code to abide by the rule of law I mean, she allowed Viserys to rule without provocation, even when she was clearly more fit to rule because he was named heir. She does not believe it is her right to sit on the throne, and as such, it is not her throne to take. It is for Rhaenyra, the rightful heir to act upon and take, and she will deliver that message as is her duty. Like, that's what I got out of that. Not like she's like, oh, I could charbroil everybody here, but... Yeah, you know, she's a mom. She's a mom. <laughs> it's okay, you know, she she's gotta take her kids out to out Dyer. to hockey, 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 hockey yeah, practice. Hockey. Yeah. 
Unbelievable. She's a mom. Do we have any uh, questions? Oh, uh, oh. Uh, other people have to answer this, I think. But uh... oh, Sesh, what do you? Think? <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could just end with mine, but nobody pays to see that. So. <laughs> So the reason that Reynas wasn't setting the roof on fire was because she didn't want to do it to another mom. Um, yeah, no, not at all. Uh, these showrunners are on a roller coaster ride of the weirdest sexist ideas. I don't get it. It's so random. It's so weird. Uh, Reynas definitely made a statement with her dragon, though. But it felt more like it was her stating that she didn't want a part of this upcoming war. So was her saying something like, don't come after me or else I'll burn you all, while also making it clear she's not a huge supporter of Ray Ray, uh, because if she was, she could have just ended things right there. Uh, so now if everyone kills each other, then she'll be there to take the throne. The queen that should have been. Damn it. I do wish this was how this story was going to end, though. But yeah, I, I think that was her statement. And she wasn't going to be a part of the game. You you make a good point. It's sort of like the directors heard like some buzzwords and catchphrases and were like, you know what? We need to appeal to people who like buzzwords and catchphrases. So we're just going to just absolutely misuse them in every way possible. I mean, it's just... It is weird stuff what they're focusing Mom's on. just got to stick together. <laughs> totally the theme of Game of Thrones. <laughs> so uh, my answer, yeah, is no. I think she more likely didn't want to take power in an unfair way, like you guys are saying, but rather wanted to show her power to shake off the insult of being imprisoned and also then murdering her brother-in-law at the drop of a hat. I don't think she Heck took yeah. that look. She has building rage, and I am intrigued with what she will do next. On one mm -hmm. hand, burning everyone would have been awesome. On the other, out of her character. I do think there is more mystery to her now, seeing her show some of her strength. I will back up my statement from the last episode or two that I think she would make for a good ruler. She isn't bloodthirsty, but is violent enough to be regal. Mm. Well thought through. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we didn't skip it. <laughs> oh, yeah, whoops. <laughs> I forgot I did not answer. <laughs> All right. 100%, guys. Right, 100%. Totally. I know, we're killing it this episode. All right, let's look at some viewer questions. We have Bear UNLV saying, another spicy episode, looking forward to the recap. So hopefully we didn't disappoint there. We also have, um, oh yeah, you like the sponsor too. So there okay. you go, there you go. Good job bringing that one, Maria. That's, uh, that's pretty excellent. Okay, so we have a question from Rebel Warren. Does this show have that dark edge that is in uh, George R. R. Martin's writing? For example, Vaymond was supposed to be eaten by Ray Ray's dragon, and other people are supposed to be eaten by dragons. Oh, really? I'm, I, I'll i start with the answer, and you guys can ship in. I, it's very weird. 
to me this series because supposedly George R. R. Martin has direct control over what's going on here. But I too have seen different things with what happened in the books versus what's going on in the episodes. And it seems like there's been some pretty decent departures. Like the overall history is the same, but what's actually happening in the scenes aren't. And what's being included um, is, I, I would say, is grim and dark and edgy, but not in the way that George R. R. Martin wrote right. it. So it's it's just very strange to me because I, I will say, looking at this versus Game of Thrones, if you didn't put any connection between the two series and said they were by two different people, I would say, no, I don't, I don't think these are by the same person. Like, like this isn't from the same, same group of novels. I'd actually say this is a poor knockoff of, of Game hmm. of Thrones. I was just going to say that. Yeah, like, it feels like um, this show captures the trendiness of everything that Game of Thrones did rather than actually capturing what Game of Thrones did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. All right. Wow. Agreement from all three people on this show. Not really, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Bear UNLV commented uh, that I think it's Miseria. Again, I, I forget the names of, of these people because they don't get introduced, but the white worm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she apparently uses the skincare routine <laughs> as uh, Sir Cole because she hasn't aged a bit either. So as we told you before, uh, that boar blood body body wash, uh, you know, that's our sponsor from I forgot what episode, like episode three, something like that. We need to call them up. They need to start paying us again. They get brought up every single episode. So yeah, the recasting choices are so interesting, and the lack of recasting choices are so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, oh, Rebel Warren says, I don't think George R. R. Martin is very involved. When the showrunners talk behind the scenes, they never reference asking him about anything. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe maybe they name dropped him like they name dropped uh, uh, Game, of, uh, uh, Game of Thrones into the show mm -hmm. and they think if they do it enough they're like giving a stamp of approval to everything and actually just trying to focus on finishing the books how people will like it he got a test run with yeah. the ending of the series and he's like okay now i know what not to do crap <laughs> now i need to figure out what to do and so he's just been at that for years <laughs> all right so those are our viewer questions uh, for the day. We might return in just a little bit. So now we're at ratings and would you continue watching? Uh, let's see, who do we begin with tonight on the ratings? I will start. Um, <laughs> I would rate this episode a solid eight, actually. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. The cinematography was very nice. The tension built well. The controversial scene with Allison and Laris, I know we haven't talked about this much, but this is where I'm going to talk about it, uh, really drove home somehow. <laughs> it really drove home how she has been treated by the men in her life and made you feel for her situation. She has been used and, more importantly, sapped of her natural-born power and rights since a youngster. She didn't get to choose her husband. Her one friend was ripped from her. Uh, she had to serve at all hours, and when she tries to find a friend to vent to, he uses her even more. 
Uh, Laris's strange sexual demand of her is deeply disempowering and keeps her feeling less than and at the whim of everyone else but herself. I do think the show set this up quite well. Well, uh, out of all of all the things that they didn't set up, I thought they did this well. Yeah. Great points. Great points. Yeah. No, I, I second that notion. That's a that's a really good point you bring up. Um, it's one of those really well done things. Um, I'd list this one as probably like an eight, maybe an 8.5 for the series. Uh, it was shot well. The script was actually good while moving things forward and feeling like everything we saw was necessary and added context at a minimum, like the scene you just brought up. Um, because it changes things contextually for a lot of what we've been seeing with them. Uh, the music was really well done too and fully conveyed the mood well. Uh, it, it was a little slow at a few moments, but it had a lot of great buildup and tensions, plus lots of great releases for all those different tense moments in the great Game of Thrones way. Um, like something big actually leading to repercussions. <laughs> Basically the opposite of most of the climaxes in this series so far, or as I'm going to start, calling them the anticlimaxes, uh, the anticlimactic climaxes as the uh, Crab King Climax. This one was not that. Uh, this, the, the big exciting things lead to and are leading to more big exciting things, I felt like, finally. And the lady, oh, I was so rooting for Arenas this whole episode, her escaping, her staying hidden in the crowd, her getting her dang dragon. I was hooting and hollering as soon as she dipped from the celebration. And I have not been more satisfied in this show than I have for her in that moment when she stole the scene. It was her episode. I actually, for the first time, really feel like next episode has the potential to be really good. With the caveat that I'm expecting a big, annoying cliffhanger that will have me coming back for season two. <laughs> That's best case scenario, really. Um, worst case which is always possible with this show is that they just completely fumble the final episode. And I just want more Arenas being wise and kicking ass, which I may not get. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to repeat a lot of the same things uh, because uh, this was definitely the best episode thus far uh, of the series. I think we've all rated it that way um, though. Uh, the one thing I'll bring up is it does deeply pain me to see the character development in, in such disarray still. Uh, the, the reluctant Aegon made no sense whatsoever based on his character. Um, Alicent, early in the episode, having no clue the small council was plotting to usurp Rhaenyra to put Aegon on the throne, that also made absolutely no sense, as this was told directly to her face for basically 10 years straight. And she, I mean, she she even took steps to make it so, like reinstalling her dad as hand by indirectly ordering the prior hand to be killed. And then she says, oh, I wanted to do this without treachery. And it's like, really? I mean, treachery is basically all you've done on this show. Um, how, uh, like everything from going ahead and seducing like your friend's grieving dad uh, all the way up to now and everything she's she's done like to slander Rhaenyra's character like she didn't have to do any of that stuff but she did it because that's what her dad wanted and then she did it because that's what Laris wanted mm -hmm. and I think at, at some point I mean Maria brought up very good points in terms of showing how truly unempowered she is um, is that 
at some point you do have to take some responsibility for for your actions or or inactions you know and and that's the sad truth of things is that you don't get to just say oh somebody else is doing this somebody else is doing this when you start taking actions to do it i'm sorry you're you're doing it you're on board maybe you aren't as on board as everybody else but you're going along with it you you have to do do something and stand up for yourself and it's not like you didn't have any power i mean you were a queen who actually did have the king's ear like this series has shown a lot where oh women can't do anything because the women don't have the king's ear allison actually did and she chose to do basically nothing but but treachery with it <laughs> you know while being confused the whole time um anyway i'm i'm going off on a on, on a major tangent here um so if we were to take this episode in a vacuum though we don't know any of these major character issues and as such uh it was a really solid well-directed episode with tremendous cinematography and i agree absolutely to die for musical score that is how you score an episode um honestly if this was up for an award when it came to musical scoring of, of a television show i'd say absolutely they did a great job mm -hmm. um overall uh in a vacuum i give this episode an 8.5 with the deductions for exposition and no character development consistency with with prior episodes if it's taken out of a vacuum this is going to fall lower because you know just just the character issues but um uh, overall, good, good episode. Really solid, solid yeah, I mean, episode. At, at this point, the lack of character development and the inconsistencies are consistent. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You you do it nine nine times. It's it's consistent. Nine times. There's a couple of characters that they'd be consistent over like the course of up to three episodes, but beyond that. I think we don't we only have Rainus. Nobody else probably. <laughs> and um, weird spider girl, she's been consistent. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. They kept her character going. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, uh going back to to uh our viewers, uh we have uh Rebel Warren saying, Yeah, Eamon. Eamon looked like he was looking for his little brother Hagen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, we <laughs> You know, I, I feel a little bad for, for the actor who, who, who portrays Eamon. Usually, usually I look up who it is. Uh, I don't know it offhand. But, I mean, he is, uh, he's apparently 20, uh, what was it, 20 years old? Or, yeah. or, or, I think you said 20, yeah. Yeah, 20 years old. You know, he, he's a, he looks like an old 20. You know, um, he can't help that. But they should have they done something to to cast similarly in terms of how they look age-wise uh you know they've been doing that yeah. for years the with people are good the age yeah. for the looks are not good i don't i don't think like i i can't tell how old they are at all uh and these time skips have not helped like the, the uh, they look good like they look consistent for you know what they would look like but i can't tell what age they're supposed to look like at all yeah. Yeah. Do we have uh, Do we have any ratings uh, for this episode from our uh, uh, from our audience members out of uh, out of ten or A through F? Let's see. Going once. Up, 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 down. <laughs> going twice. Oh. 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 
we have Bear UNLV giving it an 8 out of 10. Oh, Rebel Warren giving it a 4 out of 10. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh. Interesting. We might we might have to have to hear a little bit from uh, from Warren on that four out of ten as uh, as Wait, I start. Somebody hates this show more than us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. I, I'm surprised too. Um, uh, Bear UNLV says. I didn't even hate on this one very much. <laughs> I know. Uh, Bear UNLV says I feel like the show uh, finally has substance. Um, yeah, for my part, I'd, I'd agree. This actually felt like an episode. Um, it, it is so interesting to me because I, I'll throw this out here. I'll ask a question to the panel. Yes. If the series started last episode, would we rate it much higher? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. They fumbled so much in the beginning. Like this, this, season should have just been like half as long yeah <laughs> i think that's the problem like like i'll say it right now i think the reason why we're so down on the series i think i i'm guessing this might be why warren's so down on the series too is that those first seven episodes i i don't care what anybody's saying those were a disaster like those should not have been made there was there was no purpose for them i don't feel they added anything to the show and it does finally feel like these last two episodes they're at least saying, hey, we have a story here that we might actually want to tell. <laughs> yep. Seven was almost there, but it, it just had glimmers of it. Yeah. It was about there. It was almost there. It's like it should have been the starting point. It would have not been the strongest starting point. Timeline wise, it would have been pretty good. But I... yeah, it just it wasn't. They started earlier and everything before that was pretty not so good. I have a random question for you guys. Did the white worm have that little boy poison the king? Because they showed briefly, and then they showed the boy. And anybody have thoughts on I, that? Possibly. It did seem like he was undying otherwise. So <laughs> it seemed like wow, that might have been a plot there. Yeah, and they talked to the possible poisoning. Of, yeah. of him uh like it was throwaway uh, i i don't know from the book i i i need to see the books to just a random to, question to, to to know that i think it's a good question because it's an interesting thing too starting that episode on a child yeah that's like running thinking. through the halls and it was saying, beautiful but it was weird because yeah and saying that he saw something yeah like so what yeah. did he exactly see you know what's what's yeah. going on there so maybe we'll get revealed that like damon did like secretly show up and <laughs> did the deed like we had theorized that he would put his brother out of misery maybe, well, maybe. <laughs> just dipped <laughs> he got really out of there at, he's good at that you know in empathic killing of people yeah <laughs> all right let's uh Go then. Uh, thank you all for your uh, your your uh, participation tonight in the yes. ratings and the questions. We appreciate that. And uh, again, thank you so much for for watching until the end. Uh, we know that an hour listening uh, to random people uh, talk about <laughs> a show uh, is uh, is a lot of time to spend. So uh, we uh, we do uh, really appreciate your support. 
And uh, hopefully uh, we brought you some intelligent conversation and, uh, and laughs tonight. Um, I, I know Maria sure did. Uh, uh, she did. She you did. did as well. Oh, Both no. of you guys. Yeah. I, <laughs> Great I point. Feel, feel saddened. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's your support uh, that, uh, that, that makes it uh, that makes it worth it. So um, if you like this show, please like, share, subscribe, uh, and heart. Do those likey things. And if you hated this show, make sure that you go ahead and you like this episode twice. As I said, we have metrics. We're keeping track of those. We see whoever goes ahead and likes us multiple times. And the more you keep liking us, the more we change this show specifically for you and how you want it. So uh, it'll really show us. You show us. Our... um, Oh, yes. Uh, we are going to be opening up the show for voting on what we're going to review next. Just so you guys know, oh. think about what you'd like us to review. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. I, uh, I, we'll, we'll hang on a little bit after this outro to go ahead and do this. <laughs> but uh, we are taking suggestions um, to do after the finale so we can keep doing this uh, uh, weekly thing and we'll do a brand new, uh, brand new show. Um, so... Our next uh, House of the Dragon episode uh, will be on Monday, October 24th at 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh, So back to our normal time, our normal schedule, one day after the show is aired. So you can go to your water cooler and you can tell all your friends like, oh, wow, I heard this Could You Do It Better podcast and YouTube thing. And they were so great. Um, Not the intern, but the other two people. Like, you put the intern on mute. We'll teach you how to do it. And, um, you know, we'll go ahead and go from there. But, however, I think Maria would like to bring up a special episode that we are going to have this week. Yes. uh, Not this week, but next week. Oh, uh, never mind. (laughs) Next week, Maria would like to bring this up. Twenty-fifth, we're going to be interviewing a uh, a up-and-coming filmmaker in the industry and um, talk about his life and and uh, have a good time with it. He uh, is moving from the music industry into film, and and uh, we're going to get his insights. Yeah, so that should be uh, really fun for anybody who is and aspiring writer or someone aspiring to be in the industry or just wants to hear uh, cool things about uh, both the uh, music industry and uh, writing and some things that he learned to do better. Um, uh, That will be available and we'll give you more information, I guess, as it comes uh, closer. Uh, So we'll take one last look at uh, our viewing audience. All right. And so until next time, Could you do it better? All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Okay, we are going to keep this pod bean open. That should be enough to make a little cut there. So anybody in our live viewing audience, you are free. Throw out any suggestions you might want us to go ahead and review. Uh, We won't necessarily promise you anything, but we will take it into consideration and uh, go from there. Uh, We'd like to cater to you a little bit, and uh, we are open. Um, I I dare bring up 
uh, rings of power, but um, as a Tolkien fan, it might break my heart watching that show. So I've, I've heard very mixed things from a lot of Tolkien fans who like it a lot. So really? Not, you know, read what it's based off of. Lots of people have liked it, and so I suspect I might like it too. Wow. Tolkien fans liking it. Okay. Uh, like Tolkien, oh, yeah. Tolkien book fans or, or, yep. Whoa. Yep. well, apparently like we found our, mixed up. so we'll see. I mean, the most of the things uh. I'm hearing that aren't good about it, um, sounds like it's kind of the internet trolls being trolls and just unhappy mm. of, um, casting decisions more so than anything else. I've actually heard no other complaints other than casting. So I suspect we'll be able to enjoy it. Suspicious, okay. Suspicious eyes. I don't on that know. One. Yeah, I yeah. Read, I haven't read that one. I've only read The Hobbit and then the the three main ones a okay. while ago. And I would much rather just watch the movies, except for The Hobbit. That one I would rather read. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've heard. I've heard there's been some uh, some backstory. Um, uh, changes, some character changes, some canon changes, and uh, so I, I read a lot of um, uh, a lot Ooh, of Tolkien stuff. Oh, a... oh, we do have suggestions, so I'm gonna go off on a tangent. Bear UNLV says American Horror Story NYC just started tonight. So, I mean, I'm very familiar with that series, so I'm gonna probably be watching anyways. Mm -hmm. Okay. Have fun with it if it's like some of the others in this uh, series. I've I've seen a couple seasons of it. Um, I have generally liked it, um, but it is a straight up uh, straight up horror. Oh no! It's, it's, <laughs> not, it's camp is hell and it knows it, but it also does the horror gimmicky stuff. Maria has disappeared. disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 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 that's that's, that's one that's one that's thrown out. It's good to know it just started. I know it does have a following for sure. And uh I would not mind doing that. Uh uh, but if Maria is sort of out, uh, I'll, I think... I'll have to. I'll see an episode or two and see if I can stomach it. Oh boy! <laughs> it, it's done funny, you know, like some of, some of the seasons. Some of the seasons. Sometimes it's yeah. all pretty campy. Even when they try to be serious, they're kind of doing it over the top serious. So they're kind of like, "Are you even on this joke?" It's it's fun. It's more fun than anything. Okay. But there's been some really good seasons with that. It's a lot of fun. All right, another option we have here is the Chucky series. Um, oh. uh, so that also, uh, I guess that also would fit in the campy horror genre. That would, that would. Um, what's the one? I know I've thrown this out before, but I think it is something that just everyone should watch. So I do want to just throw out one of the options of Avatar. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did we did say we were gonna do this. Short episodes, yeah. um, even doing like three or four episodes per one of our episodes would be very doable. That's um, a good point. mix it up. Yeah. And it's it's a good series. Like I just yeah. I'm telling you you guys need to see it anyways. So I saw Avatar, I loved it. 
Yeah, we, I, I have not. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard good things. And it's true. We did have a couple uh, couple people back when we were doing um, our Watchmen uh, series who, who brought that up as well. So, yeah. uh, well, And there's we'll, a new one coming out. So exactly. We can yeah. prep for that. All right. We'll take that into consideration. Um, we also have Rings of Power, but it's a slow burn from what I heard. Tolkien book people love it. Okay. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, just the internet. They're Interesting. Just Being the internet. Okay. Uh, Rebel Warren brings up MCU Disney Plus shows. Um, which ones, uh, 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 Warren? Um, uh, I, I know, uh, what is it? I know there's Scarlet which I, I actually haven't yeah, followed the, the MCU much recently. Um, I'm current on, I think, all but one or two of the MCU shows. Um, they're, they're pretty good. Um, I mean, my favorite might be What If, just because I love that. <laughs> um, but the live action ones are, are very watchable. And they're a good amount to talk about. Um, I don't think they try to be as art as um like this series you know the house of dragon has tried to be even if it failed it's at least trying to i i, I don't think they're hmm. and, oh. well we lost sash again she'll pop in uh randomly at some <laughs> point let's um let's go through the rest here uh, so Barry and LV and warren both uh, uh they sound like they'd be happy with rings of power um yeah oops it's spooky like the show you see me yeah, yeah. We, we see you now we see two of you actually that could be good yeah <laughs> uh we have um uh yeah both uh bear and warren saying uh any of the mcu shows would be good we have oh mm -hmm. party poopa has joined the party uh uh and uh they say yeah avatar um i've yeah. heard good things about she hulk actually bear unlv avatar would be fun warren with she hulk no. bear unlv she hulk what if moon knight she -Hulk. <laughs> wow okay so Oh, yeah, there's a lot of MCU stuff um, to throw out one more that I had thought about just because there's going to be new ones for this, too. Uh, and because I freaking love it and wouldn't mind an excuse to see it again uh, was The Witcher. Ah, uh, yes, yes. What what season is The Witcher on now? Uh, they only have two released. And so next year they're releasing three. Mm. OK. Okay. Do you know about how many episodes are per season? I think it's 10. Might be, might be six. I, I think it's 10 though. Okay. If it's 10, I mean, that's 20 weeks. Uh, that's doable before the next uh, season of Game of Thrones. We could even fit that in with something else. If that's uh, something that, uh, that interests people. Um, I did have interest in seeing that uh, show mm -hmm. as well. Oh, and uh, Party Poopa says, I just started watching She-Hulk as well. So, all right. I mean, She-Hulk is real new, so that might be a fun one. Mm -hmm. uh, eight each season from Barry UNLV. Okay. So, well, wow, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, viewing audience, for, for helping. Uh, yeah. I think you all said all of these are great. <laughs> so, but. Let's do them all. 
we're podcasting every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, okay. Uh, we will do one of those uh, shows to start out with, and we'll probably branch off into another. Um, I'm not sure if we have the timeline to do two podcasts a week. Um, uh, that starts getting yeah, pretty, pretty so. harsh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you two actually have schedules to do stuff, and uh, me, I just, I just, you know, engineer all day. Uh, so, um, but uh, all right. So we will start with one of these shows, and um, we will go from uh, uh, go from there. But this is uh, exciting. So finale next week again. Uh, that's going to be on Monday, eight p.m. Pacific, eleven p.m. Eastern, uh, and then I think. At the tail end of that show, uh, we will announce what new show we are doing. Nice. Surprise, surprise. Yes. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, guys. Hope uh, you have a wonderful night. That's all who's watching. And um, again, until uh, next time, uh, we will see you around. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that already stopped. Okay, cool.